What's up, Marvelites, and welcome to a brand new episode of the MC Exchange Podcast. This is episode 21. Yay! Woo! Woo! My name is Aaron. I'm your host for this episode. Alongside me is Joe. Hello. And Charles. So glad to be back after my yeah, absence. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome back, Charles. Shout Welcome out to our listeners over at Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. Please do like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Exchange. You can also follow us on Twitter. That's twitter.com at Exchange. All right. Let's head over to the rundown of the latest news about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. First up, a freshly released news little over an hour ago. <laughs> J.K. Simmons <laughs> is contracted for multiple Spider-Man movie appearances. J. Jonah Jameson. Charles, what do you think about this news when this you first read it? Uh it's I find his um his specific comment about you know he was asked whether we could expect him showing up. He used I think the the, the phrase used was I wouldn't say expect, mm-hmm. but it's nice to know that he is signed on for more appearances because from the ending of uh, Far From Home, it seems like he was gonna be at least a key part of Spider-Man's next story. So, I mean, it'd be weird if, if for Spider-Man 3 he doesn't show up after yeah. that fucking massive ending um, Far From Home gave us. So, you know, it's, it's sort of expected, but it's also nice to see, you know, him acknowledge that he's back and he's excited to be back. Yeah, being one of the holdovers of the previous Samurai trilogy, it's a really exciting mm-hmm. prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe, during when when you're watching Far From Home and, and you know you have you have no idea that he will appear, what was your initial reaction when he actually appeared in the mid credit scene? Oh, I was excited. Uh, I was I was really excited because we always had the discussion for a long time who would replace the iconic J.K. Simmons, and a lot of thought. Well, now that he's Commissioner Gordon in Justice League, we're not going to see him in, in Spider Man. And then him actually showing up was a huge, huge surprise. I even remember a lot of people in like you know superhero films in Austria isn't like the biggest thing ever. But even there, and a lot of people were like, "Oh my God, it's the original Spider-Man." The only thing it caused is that people thought, "Is this connected to the original one?" Uh, I like that he technically is still the same character. Uh, and what I think was great is that they utilized the story of the sequel and gave us a good reason why J.K. Simmons hates or distrusts Spider-Man. It's not just a, oh, he's a menace because he's a guy who swings around town and could steal your wallet. But they give him an actual reason to that kind of... And it, it's a very a surprisingly topical incarnation of the character. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very interesting that you pointed out because, you know, he already has an actual reason instead of, you know, in the Sam Raimi trilogy. Um, he has no apparent reason at all of hating the web slinger. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it has that Alex Jones angle of conspiracy, which, you know, in the MCU, you, you, at, at some point, you have to believe that, you know, what the fuck, did Tony Stark leave his entire empire to a 15-year-old, all the, all the most mm-hmm. powerful weapons on the planet are in this kid's hands? And, you know, Mysterio did the perfect kind of thing to just blow up Spider-Man's spot. And, you know, it, it, it ties in very, very well, like Joe said, to, to this new version of J. Jonah Jameson finally... You know, he has a valid reason for hating, yeah. rather fearing this kid. I mean, if I was in that world, I would probably also be freaked out that this fucking 15-year-old kid has, has you know, has access to 
massive satellite weapons that could eradicate thousands of people at a whim. So, no, it's it's, it's such a brilliant move. And I'm curious if he will have like a redemption arc of some kind. If we'll see a good side, like like the Sam Raimi films did showcase that he protects his people, and I I do hope that they don't turn him into a full blown villain, or at least give him some kind of arc of his own. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's a given that you know that he. It's a given already that he will show up in next year's Spider Man Three. Aside from that, mm-hmm. guys, I have a question for both of you. Where do you think he, will he show up next? Is it going to be in a Sony film to further establish the MCU ties, or? Is it going to be uh, in an unlikely, Sp- a more likely Spider-Man Four down the road, Charles? Well, I, I think it's, the obvious one is a Sony film for sure. I mean, if they yeah. fucking paid Michael Keaton X amount of money just to show up for that fucking stupid Morbius trailer, I mean, <laughs> you could bet that also willing to pay J. Jonah Jameson to show up, rather J.K. Simmons to show up for for one of their films. But I mean. It's so hard to separate J. Jonah Jameson from, from Spider-Man. I mean, Joe mentioned him having a, an arc for, for his future appearances. I mean, in the comics, J. Jonah Jameson did commission the creation of Scorpion in the comics. So they could do something like that as, you know, this, this crazy right-wing conspiracy theorist creating his own version of Spider-Man with Scorpion, who, you know, exists in the MCU, maybe, you know, you know his his role becomes bigger, and he does end up becoming a, a a sort of a villain character. But maybe he also gets redeemed once he finds out that, oh, this kid's not, not that bad. In fact, I fucking I created the monster, and not and not Peter Parker. So there's so much opportunity. I hope Sony doesn't squander that opportunity. I do also wonder if they're going to use this opportunity to get the old, like, because there's always the theory that they're building up to Sinister Six. That's like the popular, once you have more than three villains in Spider-Man films, we're going to get the Sinister Six. But like, now that we know that Peter Parker's a 15-year-old, he's pretty much blamed for the murder of Mysterio and potentially other people, That it, how he portrays it. Would they release the other prisoners because they can't really connect them to this act of what Spider-Man did? Right. Joe, how about you? Where do you see him appearing next, aside from Spider-Man 3? My guess would be Venom, uh, the Venom sequel. I I, I just think they're probably going to have him, like, in the background with a news article about about Cletus Cassidy escaping from prison and him talking about it, or potentially just complaining about Spider-Man being on the loose. That would be my theory of how they're going to handle it. And, you know, one possible... uh, one possibility is, of course, just like in the Spider-Man game, like he is, uh, his voice is in the background, you know, reading some news <laughs> online, maybe. Yeah. He's a menace. Or was a menace. <laughs> Catch him. <laughs> next up, next up is uh, we have a Guardians of the Galaxy news here. Uh, it was tweeted several days ago by James Gunn that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three will come out a little after 2021. Joe, when do you think is the more probable year? That this film will come out is it 2022, 2023? I'm sure, I'm pretty sure it's phase it's phase five already. But yeah, what are your thoughts? So, I think if we didn't have the the current situation we're in, we could have probably seen it by 2022, at least beginning or early 2022. But now I would say it's it's so uncertain. I I if probably 
going towards the end of 2022 or the beginning of 2023. Uh, I just, the, the, a little after 2021 is a little confusing because yeah, we know pretty much the schedule up until that point. They already kind of teased what's following in 2021. And, you know, we don't even know if like they can keep this timeline they're holding right now. So it's, it's a big question mark, but I do hope rather sooner than later because the franchise really needs to come back. Yeah, it's been a while. The, the, the last sequel was 2017, right? So, wow, six yeah. years. Probably five, six years. Charles, what are your two... thoughts? Uh, it's, uh, again, like we always talk about with all the corona delays, I think I think the rule of thumb right now should be expect things to be late. I think James Gunn might be even a little bit optimistic with his... his, um, his his uh, projection on when Guardians could film. I mean, with all the crazy things happening in the world, oh my God, it's so fucking crazy. It's, I think the last thing everyone's thinking about right now is, oh, when is Guardians going to show film? <laughs> so, you know, I think the, 20, the a little bit over 2021 is a bit generous for the current state of affairs. But, you know... I I if I had to put money on it I'd say it's 2022 earliest mm-hmm. but like, I, I think 2022 mid 2022 or maybe even yeah. later 2022 Yeah what's interesting about this is that during this pandemic in the past few weeks uh or months rather James Gunn has been teasing a lot of details about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 you know he recently joined several quarantine watch parties for Volume 1 and 2 and he has been saying a lot about these characters and I hope he does it again a <laughs> few years from now by the time volume three is going to be released i wouldn't be surprised if he's currently rewriting the script because he did confirm that they did finish filming for suicide squad so yeah. while they're in post-production he's probably also started a little bit for guardians of the galaxy which would also explain why he believes it would come out earlier rather than later i was just gonna say that joe was just mentioned suicide squad i was just gonna say that at this point i'm kind of more excited for suicide squad then um, Guardians, because, I mean, this is totally off topic, but, you know, those Suicide Squad set photos that leaked a couple of weeks back or months back really made me super excited that at this point, James Gunn is probably just very hyped to get Suicide, suicide Squad complete. Last, li- last news on the list is about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. showrunners has confirmed, have confirmed that... Um, they will have an MCU tie somewhere within the season. Joe, uh, you know, us being big Agent of Shield fans, as evidenced <laughs> by the previous episode, what do you think? Is that MCU tie? Is it just a throwaway line? Is it just a character? Or is it a full-blown MCU crossover? Uh, what tips me off is the fact that they word it as they bump into something. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, such, it's such a strange phrasing. Because when you say you bump into something, you commonly mean into someone. So it would tease that they're bumping into a character from the main MCU's uh, timeline. Now, uh, we discussed this last week, but I have my personal favorites that I would love to see appear. I still think uh, the show is very, is technically still very Coulson-focused. I mean, they yeah. keep bringing him back after he passed away um, in, in universe. But for me, I think that while like Captain America would make sense from a thematic sense or just kind of a nice bow tie with uh, Endgame as the end of an era, 
Uh, I, I'm slowly growing on the fact that maybe they'll tie into characters that appeared or that are still like going into a new direction with like Nick Fury because he appeared in the first episode. It kind of also makes sense for him to appear in the last episode to kind of yeah. put that bow tie on it. Um, just the question is, is that, you know, the whole, is this a different dimension? This is a completely different timeline. Will they even explain how that works? It's, it's all these, these theories we still have. So I think we're, we're really going to have to see what, how the show goes on, especially with a like, time travel aspect, mm-hmm. what exactly that means. Yeah, you know, when, when they, when they first, when they first introduced time travel, it's going to be a risk either way. Right. So no. I'm really hoping that they would explain it well and they would actually explain it during the first episode. But I think that's just the first explanation of many in the upcoming episodes here in this final season. And it will be a love letter for the fans, as mentioned by Chloe Bennett. And I'm excited to what lies ahead. Charles, what do you, Charles, how about you? I, I, I know you're not a fan of Ace of S.H.I.E.L.D. Just want just to check on you. What, what do you think is that MCU tie that is being teased here by the showrunners? I mean, we did read that leak just before yeah. we recorded about <laughs> what could happen. No spoilers. I don't want to ruin the fun for, for everyone because it does kind of look legit. But, you know, it's something that we've all sort of been expecting since, I don't know, season five or season six and how, you know, how, how the shield fit with all the Thanos stuff with Endgame and Infinity War. Um, from the looks of it, it looks like it's going to, like, like Joe said, it bump into that. I don't think it's going to be, you know, I think how it's going to tie in is going to be very matter-of-fact. It's not going to be a, a massive, massive plot point where, you know, like, like Ward is Hydra. It's not going to be like that kind of story where the season is going to be about it. I think it's just going to be like an Easter egg at best. Hence the code of them bumping into the films. And it's not going to be a, a massive tie-in. But yeah, I mean... The Thanos stuff, I hope it's that. I hope what, what, what we read is, is real because it does sort of give closure to what fans have been wanting, you know, fans have wanted the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff to connect with the Thanos stuff. So, you know, fingers crossed that happens for the fans. But, yeah, I think that's at least what's going to happen. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty good cherry on top. You know, if they somewhat reference the snap, maybe a throwaway line, maybe a news report or something, you know. It's gonna be great. There's a pretty good possibility that this MCU tie is more than is more likely to be uh, featured in the season finale, right, Joe? Yeah, I, I think the season finale, like it's always been so self-contained that it only makes sense to really do it at the finale, yeah. especially with you know Marvel TV's era technically ending with this episode, with that episode. Indeed. And now let's move on to a new segment for our MCU Exchange podcast. <laughs> uh, since Agents of Shield is already has already premiered, we're going to talk about talk about the latest episode here in this segment. It's called MCU Exchange TV Season Pass, and we're going to talk about season seven, episode one, the New Deal. All right. Um, so it's like a recap or just thoughts about the episode of Agents of Shield. Actually, it's the first time that that. That the season op- opens up right after the season finale of the previous season. You know, there there have been several time mm. jumps in the past few seasons. It's just pretty surprising. Joe, what are your thoughts about that? That like they're trying to uh, find new ways to tell the story here. I think it it kind of also is like the 
the showcasing of the finality of it. So it's like we don't have time to set up everything new, but we're, we're going to end what we set up. Plus, technically, I still kind of see the season as part of the sec- sixth season. Because, you know, from an episode count, this is technically what we had as a full season to begin with. Oh, yeah. And that this kind of episode kind of solidifies the fact that this, if they had season six with 22 episodes, this was probably going to be the entire arc building up. Like each, after the half, they're going to have a new season. And that probably I wouldn't be surprised if the ending of this season ties into the last season more. Because it feels like that overarching plot point that they are doing. Yeah. And and the, re- the the season premiere has a lot of tidbits. There's a lot of great tidbits about the show as a whole. From yeah. Phil Coulson going back to his roots as the old Coulson that gives daddy jokes. <laughs> gives, gives dad jokes. From, you know, from Simmons being a badass now. That, like, from being a scared scientist from season one. His char- her character evolved into a more badass version of herself here in... She's taking the lead here in the in mm-hmm. season seven, and also the usual quick action. Uh, Deke being, uh, being that has a sense of fashion for the 1930s, even though he he's not <laughs> from there. He he made a unique uh, a unique change to the wardrobe. And um, what do you think is the mystery here? Uh, is the mystery here, Joe, about the serum? Because there's been a theory uh, I've read somewhere. It's from mm-hmm. Screen Rant. I, there's a theory that the serum is somewhat connected to the Red Skull. Because, you know, the, the guy delivering it is the father of Gideon Malik, who we saw as we saw part of the council in the Avengers, who later on become a no. huge villain in season four of Age of Shield. First of all, Gideon was still one of my favorite tie-ins to the films because that just kind of was a great way to connect more and more to the MCU. Which is ironic, speaking where we are now with the series. But uh, great surprise uh, that it is his father. I what I what I'm listening out on is that he's not part of Hydra as of this point. Yeah. So I'm guessing that yes, it would make sense to have some kind of ties. My theory was so the thing is I was unsure if it was green or blue. The, it looked a little greenish at a first glance. It's so greenish. I'm unsure. Yeah, so so I'm unsure if this is the version, so that this is a version of the Super Soldier Serum where he might be trying to sabotage the experiment in some way. Yeah. Or if it may have a connection to Hive, because that is like the one storyline that you're going to have the hardest time referencing back towards. That's yeah, like and- Hive blood or some kind of summoning thing they do like from those rather traditional aspects. Alien blood, right? Something. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, again, you know, yeah. The interesting about that is that the case of the vial has that usual Hydra symbol of octopus tentacles. Mm. Yeah. So there's a possibility that you know that it will tie up. And the next episode will be uh, premiering next week, and it has an intense promo. Try skeleton blowing up. Huge action. May finally waking up from that post, from from Poor being stabbed. Enoch. Yeah. Uh, okay. Before we move on, f- favorite moments, Joe. You first. Favorite moments from the episode. Uh, favorite moments. Uh, definitely just 
Coulson returning, that was actually a very like as a as a fan of the series, it's kind of heartbreaking seeing him go back, go through like two years worth of memories of very unpleasant memories, uh, and just the fact of having him back again, and then him talking to Mac, who is is really one of my favorite characters in the front in the in this series, um, and I also have to give kudos to. Some just fantastic action sequences. Uh, the fight in the kitchen was great. Uh, you know, Kevin Tancheron is just a fantastic action director, and they really banked on that. My favorite, my favorite moment is moments are first off. I agree, Coulson returning. Um, his first scene, like uh, he's trying to figure out what happened, like you mm-hmm. know, what's happening. That, that scene where. Two years of memory flashing in his mind in ten seconds. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, I would agree with him if he doesn't want to return because that's a lot to take in. And also, the return of Sears' favorite Patton Oswalt as Agent Koenig. True. Of course, yeah. it, it was a Koenig. We were correct. <laughs> yeah, it was a Koenig, and uh, establishing the first, uh, the first seeds for the SSR uh, appearance of Franklin Roosevelt. That's surprising, mm. and I'm 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 wondering what who else from the history of, of the United States will appear in the upcoming episodes. Oh, so, was Spider Oswald was was he the dad of the, the Koenigs? Uh, great grandfather, yeah. I think. Great yeah, grandfather, or a grandfather, I think. Grandfather, yeah, but he's not he's not part of Shield, so he's like a, a, a so he sells alcohol illegally. Because it's during during the Great Depression, which is kind of ironic given how how loyal and everything the Koenigs are in the future. Right. I'm just computing yeah, in my head like how if he's a grandfather, then yeah, I guess it makes sense that the Koenigs are are middle aged also in in present day because it's 1931, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting about it, Charles, is that his base is one of those hidden SSR bases. From... Yeah, oh, wow. that was a cool touch. Yeah. I think it even been... has the same code name, the Swordfish, which was the password to get in. Yeah, and there's a cool nod there to Sword, right? For possible yeah. future references. <laughs> I, I do right. have to say, I forgot to mention, one of my favorite moments was also just, because we know Coulson is technically a history major and history buff, but the yeah. moment where he helps FDR sit down yes, was kind of like, because that I, I, I was reading up on it, I didn't know that it's such a true story that was hiding the fact that he was in a wheelchair, and the way they just portrayed it, I mean, I don't know how realistic it is, but it still is such a touching way to kind of showcase history and some major players in our own history and great casting on that what a lookalike they found (laughs) oh yeah and also what's great about age of shield this season is that they're giving commentary about united states history which is a great callback and a great team yeah all right now let's move on to the exchange and now we're going to talk about here we're going to break down uh, one moment. It's about which characters from Shield will make it would have make it into the mainline MCU. Maybe you can pick two or three or uh, who, do, who wants to start? Joe, Charles, 
Joe, I can start, start with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, for me, so if we if we talk about from from character wise, I, I do kind of want like it's it's weird to think how a lot of people complain that these characters were annoying in the beginning, but Fitzsimmons is probably like next to Colson, like the heart of this franchise of this 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 TV series, and I would love because especially Ian D. Costeca, I hope I'm sorry if I butchered that name, but he gives such an amazing performances throughout this franchise. And again, he's missing like every freaking beginning of the season. He's gone now, but uh, I just would love to see that actor. If, if not the character of Fitz and Simmons, at least these actors returning in some capacity in the MCU. And of course I, I know it sounds stupid, but I kind of want to know if there is more future for Coulson. Uh, Clark Gregg just kind of, became the the talk so he's like the the representative of the mcu at this point especially how he talks about it he was back in the day when they did the avengers uh i think i remember the avengers marathons they shot like extra sequences of him introducing things uh i would love to see him return in some capacity uh, i know it's you know for the mainstream how far they've come it, it probably makes no sense but I, you know, I just, I can't imagine the MCU without Coulson in some capacity or being around in some form. So, so you want him to return as LMD, LMD Coulson? I, you know, uh, I'd be okay with it. Or, you know, if they do, like, I wouldn't be surprised given that, you know, now the MCU has confirmed that Nick Fury's eye was scratched out by a cat and he pretends <laughs> it's something extremely important, that he would hide Coulson somewhere, somehow. Like, it, it would be a great nod to the TV show if they want to make Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. completely non-canon, which, you know, is very likely. Just a little tidbit of him hiding in Tahiti. I think yeah. most fans would be like, that's a great touch. This is the mainline MCU. He's still around. We still get Clark Gregg. Or at least if, like, they have documentary series or stuff about the shows or a Disney Plus series where they give him some kind of role of, like, talking about the MCU timeline. I still think what would be a lot of fun is if the MCU made, like, a, a documentary style within their universe mm -hmm. with him as a historian talking about how the MCU history has formed and just give us a gl glimpse of how different it is from our own. Yeah, you know, the last uh, last time... Clark Gregg appeared as Coulson was during Captain Marvel, which is a prequel. So yeah. maybe if the MCU will further explore the possibilities or the, the prequel thing, prequel films, maybe we could see him pop up somewhere. Which would be great. Yeah. See more of him in Young Fury. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Young Fury without without the scratched eye, maybe. <laughs> because even though, his role, even though his role in Captain Marvel was small... He had a huge impact on me because I loved uh, I love Coulson as a character. Mm. Yeah, Charles, how about you? Which Shield characters do you want to pop up in the main MCU timeline? Well, I'm I'm, I'm thinking more of the villains because some of them have been staples of the comic book, like Graviton. I'd love to see Graviton in, in the Ash of oh, films yeah. because he mm -hmm. he's such a heavy hitter. To the point that even the Avengers can't stop him alone because he's so fucking strong. Um, I'd also like to see uh, what's his name, uh, Deathlock, in the MCU as a sort of yeah. like a Terminator type mm -hmm. character. I think they should go go on full crazy with the time travel aspect of Deathlock and just incorporate, you know, 
like like I said, like a Terminator type character, Deathlock is a is a pretty fucking good bet. Um, He'd be great for Loki, actually. Thinking about uh, it, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, like a future a future brand of soldiers developed by the government, basically the next stage of Captain America's serum, uh, so to speak. Uh, I'd also like to see. I think once the Secret Wars show happens, I mean, we we covered it a couple of weeks back. I think we're inevit- inevitably gonna get uh, our uh, the the MCU's own version of Quake. That's unfortunately mm-hmm. not gonna be in it. I think we're also gonna get Yo-Yo. Basically, all the characters that that you know that we've come to associate with the the Shield show. So there's that. But yeah, but as far as you know, Shield characters showing up, I'm really leaning towards the villains. I'd love to see um. What's his name? Uh, Mr. Hyde as an actual fucking Hulk-ish character and not the, not the low-budget yeah. Calvin <laughs> yeah. that we got in, in season two. Alien he, needs some, he needs to be someone like the Hulk. Maybe they could get um, Kyle MacLachlan to, to come back but give him like a, like a Hulk makeover and it'd be amazing. But yeah, for me, I'm, re- I'm leaning towards uh, the villains because... Shield had some. Shield has some of the better villains in the MCU, and some of them are actually from the comics. So, you know, I'd love to see yeah. Shield villains in, in the films. I, I think like a Absorbing Man would be a great character, also to reintroduce, especially for like a Secret oh, Warrior show. Uh, oh, for me, um, I'd like to see some Inhumans. You know, some Inhumans in the MCU, of course. Uh, I agree that Quake and Yo-Yo should be should be there in the MCU, uh, regardless of the actress. But you know, it would be a bonus if Chloe Bennett and Natalia Cordova would be back as them, as their characters, reprising the roles from the TV show, which is just like highly unlikely, but keeping my hopes up. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. you know, with the, with the MCU introducing Moon Knight, um, you know, Ghost Rider being developed. I think Robbie Reyes should be a shoe in as well, you know, in the future. Mm. Not of not not now, but you know, after the Ghost Rider Disney Plus series or, or film will be uh, will have premiered, maybe a piece of you know other types of Ghost Riders that can that that the MCU can incorporate. So many characters. How about you guys? What do you think about which uh, which character do you want to see? Pop up. Which Agents of Shield character do you want to see pop up in the main MCU timeline? Please do uh, tweet us over at twitter.com/mcuexchange. You can also comment that when we post this episode on Facebook. That's facebook.com/dmcuexchange, and you can also listen to our podcast over at several different outlets from Google, Anchor, Breaker, and over at YouTube. This has been episode 21 of the MCU Exchange podcast. You guys keep safe. My name is Aaron. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Aaron Chino. That's A-R-O-N-C-H-I-N-O. You can also follow Joe on Twitter. I'm at that abel, T-H-A-T-A-B-E-R-L. And you can also follow Charles on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at CFS William Webb. On that note, this episode has come to an end. Thank you for listening to the MC Exchange Podcast. See you next week. Bye. Until next time. Bye. Woo!